It is 931. Joining me now, our good friend, Master Gardener, Barb Lamson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, Karen. You know what the good news is today? It actually looks like it's going to rain. Oh, we need it so bad, Barbie. It's so dry oh, because yes. I have been, I know you've been out in, in digging down into the soil. It's starting yes. to get dry even. Yeah, all over. I mean, whether it's my um, yard and garden in the south side of the house, the north, east, west, the whole thing. And it's dried really, really deep. And I have watered um, from my uh, rain barrels rain barrels, and with six of them and taking five gallons at a time. So I'm sure I've built up muscles in my right arm lugging these buckets around and then dipping this water. And I paid uh, close attention to things that are going to bloom now early. They really need that. Uh, the boost to, to bloom, yeah. They, they, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, I have had visitors to the yard, 11 of them at different times. Oh, my goodness. And, and they said, you know, what kind of fertilizer to use? And I said, this isn't fertilizer. It's compost. It is compost, but it's also water. Right. They just, no matter how good the soil is, it's so dried out that you really need to get these blooms and things up there. The clematis have got buds on them, and they were growing so fast in that cool weather and with the sunshine at the same time. Also, the iris, the miniatures, the real short ones. The ones you gave me, the, the dark, deep purple ones, they're blooming like crazy now. Aren't they beautiful, They are though? beautiful, and they smell so good. Yes, and I have another one I want to give you. It is a shade of yellow, and it blooms along with the, um, with the spring bulbs. It never fails. It, it's so you're talking to the tulip time, because my tulips are still yeah, there, and yeah. because of the cool weather, my tulips have lasted a couple weeks longer than they normally. If it's hot weather, they're done, just probably like you know, that. But this has of, been nice. Yeah. Fun. All of the spring bulbs that, uh, lasted longer, including the flowering crabs, and the blooms have stayed on the flowering crab. There's still, some of them are just started yes, blooming yes. yesterday, yeah. And yesterday it looked like snow coming oh, down. It, it was sprinkling all over. I love to sit out in the yard and, and then they come sprinkling down over Like you. a little, yeah. not cold snowflake. No, no, that's right. This is my favorite kind of change of season is, the, is, is when those petals start falling. And you know, people say, well, we're over planting them. Well, <clears throat> maybe we are, but it's because we need this color in the spring. We don't have a lot of things that bloom in the spring. We have the lilacs, you know, the, that's really great. But we need these big balls of color. Oh, you know, last, yes, last fall or last, was it summer? I don't know. Last year we planted a red bud, a Minnesota red bud, because normally Gorgeous. they're not hardy. And it is blooming now out at the lake house. It is so beautiful. You know, there's tree forms, and I've got one that's more of a clump form. So sure. there's like five uh, tree Oh, uh, spikes, spikes, yes, yeah, stocks, the, yeah, yes, yeah, of the tree, and it's just amazing. <clears throat> it's just beautiful. So I'm really excited because that's such a deep, deep pinkish, mm -hmm. uh, bright, bright color to add, you know, to the to the landscape. And so that's blooming, of course. And then all my my tulips and my daffodils and my they're getting toward the end now. Yes, they are. But um, deadhead, be sure and deadhead. I'm going to deadhead them. Right. And but now I've got my spikes of the. Uh, purple alliums now, those big balls yes, on the top. Yes, up. and here's the here's the plus, the bonus with them. They make more bulbs, so you can divide them, and you can move them about. They're tall, so you can see them. Some are tall. You can get shorter ones, too. Yes, you can, but these, 
Um, Giganticum is one of the varieties that's taller, and they are really nice. The stem is really solid. It doesn't blow in the wind. The rabbits don't eat them, and the deer don't no, eat them. No, that's because they're, they're from the onion family, and they don't yes. like them. Yes. And, and that's the cool thing after, it's kind of that mid-bloom that I've got now, because like you said, things kind of quit yeah. blooming in the spring, but that one's like kind of the, the one that tides me over till the summer flowers yeah. start. This, along with, if you, if uh, there are, there's a variation in color of these flowering onions, and if you've got something, if you can match it up with some of your iris, your early iris, now, that is really dramatic. So you kind of clump them together. They look just really, really dynamic together. So um, I, I wouldn't hesitate to do that at all. One of the things that I know you've been digging and hauling rock, um, I have I been... I hate rock. <laughs> well, and you know, I had a chocolate mint in my uh, perennial garden and and I would and when I'd be weeding I'd I'd kneel on it and oh it smells so good I'd walk on it, it smells so good and so this spring despite it being you know dry that plant I said what is this you know it, several feet away from the main oh, plant because of mints are notorious for oh, spreading they are and they have this runner underground, right? And they were under the tulips. They went oh. under the Asiatic lilies and around them. And then a new plant started, and then another runner again. So I had a um, a bushel basket, and I was because my soil has got a lot of compost in it and right. was so dry. It was easy to follow them. It was just like I was a vole in there <laughs> digging and following this, and it went all directions. I think I've got all of it out. It's you a- may be surprised. I've yeah. I'm now I've got Lily of the Valley, which I love, but it also if you have it in a place, it will spread underground by those yes. rhizomes as well. And I've been trying to dig it out at the lake house because it's kind of getting too close to my my hostas that I have. Sure. And so you have to dig very deep and if you even leave just a tiny piece of it, right. it's going to come and invade. So what I've been doing is digging it up and putting it on the very steep hillside where nothing else really grows. And it'll take hold there, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely, no matter. Yes, it will. And then all of a sudden you'll say, ah, I wonder if I wanted all of this there. I know. <laughs> I'm going to start digging it again. <laughs> you know, a plant that I really like that's an herb is the lemon balm. I have that. But that goes crazy, too, because <laughs> I got a little bit of that at a Master Gardener sale, and, and it likes to spread as well. You know, but it smells it, great. It doesn't spread like the mint does, though. But it does the, a little. It doesn't have those underground... Are you sure we're talking of the same thing? Because mine yes. do. Yes. Are oh. you sure you've got lemon balm? Maybe I've got something else. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> be at all surprised. <laughs> okay. Because it is a clump. It would spread by seeding. And, oh, okay. Uh, it, so it, it was recognized in 2007 by the International Herb Society as an outstanding herb for three different reasons. It has, um, uh, it's medicinal, it's culinary, and um, it's decorative. So <clears throat> just a, a great plant. Um, you can make teas with it. You can make teas with it. Um, you can uh, use it for uh, uh, oils and things to mix them with that. Um, so if you're into aromatherapy, that, that would be a good one for you. You can also dry it. has very, very few diseases. It could get uh, 
a powdery mildew if it was in deep shade and no, you know, and overcrowded. But for the most part, it doesn't have problems. So this is where my story comes in. I have to share this. Uh oh. <clears throat> so I gave our son in Alaska um, a lemon balm plant, and he loved it. And he drinks tea and makes tea, and he thought this was so great. And he had the plant in a container on his deck out uh, behind the deck behind his house and he heard something on the deck here it was a big black bear oh my goodness <clears throat> and the black the, bear that's common there though right yeah very common yeah. and this is in town the black bear grabbed that lemon balm oh my plastic planter and off it went and <clears throat> so he did it want the lemon balm it did oh that's my. what it was after it was wow. smelling that yes <laughs> and so it dropped it and then it ran and he said, you know what, Mom? He said, I picked up that lemon balm plant. He said, I watered it. <laughs> and it was a little damaged, but he said it took right off again. And, it, and Are it you didn't. sure he wants it there, given that the bear wants it too? Well, he didn't leave it there after that. That was, uh, you know, you just, it, bears have this wonderful sense of smell. And if you have been fishing and you haven't cleaned up, Anything that was oh. with you on that trip, and you, it's outside, the bears They'll will find it. it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> well, I mean, they, they talk about people camping. Make sure you put your stuff so they can't smell your food. So I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. But even like if you had a plastic tarp and, and you know, you had it in the back of your truck and then you also had a container with fish in it, oh. uh, the bear will be in the back of your truck, you know, after fish because he can smell it on that plastic. Plastic's hard to get clean to get yeah, rid of a it, smell it like Really? That. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> I was going to say, you know what? I, I have emptied all of my rain barrels, Barb, and I yes. actually had to start going from the tap because we need that rain so bad. So, I'm hoping we get enough to fill those up again. I've got four. I know you've got six, but yes. Um, and I'm just putting the one up at the lake house because I didn't have it up before. So, um, those are such a great thing, though, because I think about how much water that I've saved. I don't like to water the lawn, and I put all that new clover and so I'm afraid I'll probably lose some of it because it's just been too dry yeah you know I saw a sign this morning when I was coming in and let me see if I uh May um no mo no mo month May no yeah, mo no month May no mo no mo month yeah yeah May. some people are saying because of the pollinators yes. don't mow like you they get the dandelions and the other things that are blooming yes. then and that is the thing yeah and that reminds I wanted to let you know about the good news about the pollinators you yes. know the 4-H pollinators are starting their training coming up on May 22nd and they're going to be doing pocket pollinator gardens at different places including uh, at North Mankato they're going to be doing by the North Mankato Taylor Library they're doing one out at the the Blue Earth County uh, used to be the Blue Earth County's garden that's now run by the the uh, mm -hmm. Living good, Living Earth yeah, Center, and they're they're doing them all over they're doing one in St. Peter at the Art Center of St. Peter so these kids are each getting leadership opportunities and mm -hmm. they're going to lead groups get this training first and they are going to go do these pollinator gardens in different places and some some of them at their own homes in around Minnesota, southern minnesota and it's just such a great thing because the 4-h uh, uh, nicola county 4-h got a, a grant to buy all these plants and they're going to put one out at my lake so at my lake house on the shoreline they're going to be coming out um in june the plants don't come till june which is you know just fine so how big are the gardens going to be uh some are five by five yeah. some are five by ten uh some are ten by ten some are five by fifteen so they're 
you know, some are pretty, just little small areas, but that well, can yes. make such a difference yes. for feeding the pollinators. <clears throat> and so I'm going to get one that's five by 15 because I have a, you know, larger sure. space in that. And then, so I'll, I'll kind of get the soil ready and they'll come out and they'll be putting in these kits. And the neat thing about these kits is they're pre-planned with flowers that will bloom early to late because really mm-hmm. if you're going to feed the pollinators they need that food through the whole season not just like a blip here and there mm-hmm. and they've got um, a, a paper that you put down with numbers and x's on it so uh, plant number one which is the uh, lobelia, lobelia might go in uh, spot d or whatever and so it's just it's sure. like this little map so it's really easy for the kids to do and to teach others how to do it as well so it's That's really great. exciting and the kids are doing it and i just am really proud and pleased to see what the the 4-H kids are doing. I think that's great too. You know, if you've been gardening as long as I have, you've seen a lot of change in the number of pollinators. We used to have uh, on our bloodroots, which is one of the early, it's an ephemeral, it's one of the early blooming flowers, and we used to see these teeny tiny bees, and they would come and visit, but we don't see them anymore. I don't know where they've gone. As a matter of fact, with the other things that are blooming now, what I do have right now are the bumblebees, but I don't have these really tiny bees. I think we've lost them. Well, you know, I don't know. I just know that the um, Rusty Patch Bumblebee is one that was on the endangered list. Yes. And by the way, this past weekend, I saw Rusty Patch Bumblebees out at my, my lake property. And I'm so excited because I know they're out there. So I'm trying to be so careful. And I try to encourage others yes. not to use pesticides because we're in danger of losing them. And I'm so excited to see that they're there. So I'm like, okay, if everybody could just, you know, stop their some of their harmful spraying and things. or Yes. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, um, uh, this idea of having a month where you don't mow, especially in the spring, again, this is such a critical critical time for the bees to be able to get pollen as well as nectar. And um, the uh, dandelions are a great source for that. I just never thought um, when I thought about the dandelions coming to this country because it's not native. Right. And, uh, well, the clovers y- are really good, though, because clovers can, are native, some of them. Y- yeah, exactly. But I always thought, you know, was that such a great idea? And now I'm thinking, wow, this is really, really great. And, you know, when I was a child, we used to have this, uh, because we had dairy cows, we had uh, pastures of alfalfa oh, and right. pastures of clover, mm-hmm. and and there would be bees in there, and we'd run and play in there and pick bouquets. I mean, it was a, just a great time. And to get have stung them. once in a while, but you know that's the thing. People I know who are allergic to bees, it's very very dangerous. But uh, a little sting usually doesn't hurt you unless you have that issue. You know, an invasive thing. I would like I mentioned this before, and I think it's worth mentioning again are the voles and the moles. And I was talking to my son, the one in Alaska, on uh, Sunday, and he said, you know, and he raises hundreds of tulips. And then he raises Asiatic lilies. And he said, you know what? Um, I don't have voles this year, but the people on the other side of the street, they have voles. And... Now that's unusual. What... Well, it's unusual because he went uh, to the Parks Department and he asked him, and they said, here is what we think makes the difference, why we have all these voles. When they get this heavy snow 
early and it stays and the ground isn't frozen, you provide a perfect place for those voles to live all winter long. They have, it's just so easy for them to eat everything because the ground isn't frozen and they just eat and eat and and produce and produce. So um, they're trying different things. There's some, uh, uh, just as you have uh, this smelly herb concoction for keeping deer off and rabbits off, they're spraying the soil with that to see if that deters them. Personally, my experience was this. Um, you can see where the soil is raised up. If you take your spade and you go down and you find that, that run that they're doing, you plug that run or make it undesirable. I did two things. This is gross, so I hope this doesn't gross you out. (laughs) I had a raccoon that had pottied in my yard, defecated, and I scooped that up. I found this hole and I stuffed it down there. You said, take that. Yeah, take that. And then I covered up where I put it. And then on another area where I found uh, where I could get down there, I stuffed it up with um, uh, um, this aluminum, this spun stuff that we use for cleaning. Brillo pads? uh, Yeah, but not Brillo pads, just the the thing that they're made out of, which is... Oh, steel wool? Is it? Steel wool. Okay. I put steel wool down there. Okay. And, And you know what? They left. So I don't know if it was me or if it was nature. We just got frost and it was deeper and it was just not a good place. Or if they'd eaten, taken, you know, the best of the tulips and left the smaller ones there and this this wasn't worthwhile. Well, I knew that there was some uh, vole issues last fall at the, uh, the lake house. And there is something that's not toxic or harmful that you can put in there that, that mm-hmm. you start near the house and then you chase them a little farther out and a little farther out. Basically, <laughs> it'll chase them away. So I didn't have problems with that this year um, with the voles. Sure. It, it's, it's, it's another thing where kind of you put it in their runs because I saw their right. runs and, and it stinks. And so it's just, right. yeah, it was something I bought commercially. You know, though. one of the things, the differences between the voles and the moles is that the voles are eating seeds and roots and these bulbs. The moles, they'll, they, they are eating... Um, they're more carnivores. They insects and things, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, so with the voles, I want to get rid of. That's right. But the moles. Now listen to this, because they might be our friend here. The moles actually, they will eat the night crawlers, and <clears throat> they make like a lair, a place where they take they take the the night crawler that they that they got. They uh, have a uh, a spit that they stun the nightcrawler with, and they strip out everything that's inside it, and and they have just the skin left, and they store that. And this um, scientific study I was reading, they talked about in one of these layers underground, they found 100 skins of nightcrawlers in there. They just leave the skins then? No, when they get hungry, it's oh, like... Oh, it's like the store room. Like a squirrel, yeah. So, oh. yeah. It, it, so anyway, I thought, now... Wouldn't this be a solution for these jumping worms? Maybe. I mean, maybe they don't like those as much. I, You know, it's hard to say. It's yeah. Well, and there's a, 
a hundred different species of the night crawler, and and they like all of them. Oh well. So yeah. this I would think would be one of those species. But then the problem is, you get that it might cause another problem. That's the thing when you introduce yeah. because we have introduced things into our environment. Remember, remember when the aphids were so bad, they introduced the Asian lady beetle to try yes. and get rid of that problem, and now we're overrun with Asian lady beetles. And so that's the problem. It's it's one <coughs> thing to solve one might create another. So you gotta kind of. You know, yeah. I I wouldn't introduce anything, but it might be how, in one area, uh, uh, you'll find them, in another area you don't find them again. Interesting. And so, you know, if you're in a forested area, you know, our um, night crawlers and things like that, you find them in in that that soil there because they're decomposing all the time the trees and debris uh, they're the, the decomposers leaves. right yeah. it's yeah. the jumping worms that 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 take all the nutrients out of the soil and turn it into like a coffee ground texture so if you find a bunch of soil that all of a sudden looks like it's coffee grounds you might have those jumping worms and they are bad because it's taking all the nutrients away right. for the plants so uh, i know i'm even nervous now about haul- getting soil from anywhere i you know i had a landscaper come out. I wanted to do some hardscaping, and I, I think I told Mamie mentioned this to you. And I asked him. I says, "Well, where do you get your soil that you bring in?" He goes, and he told me the the pla- name of the place. I says, "Well, do you know? Do they have a jumping worm protocol?" He goes, "I don't even know what that is." And I thought, oh. if here's a guy who's doing landscaping that doesn't even know that, right. we really need to educate people about that because yes. it is up in I know Hennepin County. Right. Um, I would be afraid to get plants and things from people up there because they have it in the county. It's pretty sure. widespread, and so different areas you can look on the DNA ours map and um and they you can click on it and sure. it'll show where they're at and if you see one you're supposed to report it because it's you know they sure. would need to track it sure on the happier note <clears throat> we have 200 onion bulbs in now oh, in our goodness. garden and that's great we were waiting for the fence to go up at good council oh because sure then we can plant hey speaking I, of planting barb it's okay now to start planting because until then we had 30 degree nights and now finally I think we're at it's that getting, point. It's getting warmer. It's still uh, a cool for some things. Last um, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, we had frost on the house on the mm. roof of the house across the street from us and we had a light frost on the ground. That isn't good, but the soil temperature according to Wasika today is 62 degrees. Okay. So, uh, that's warm, but still tomatoes don't like to be cold at night. So you really should be waiting for the temperatures to be warmer at night. But many of the things that we've been holding back on can go in. You know, your, your, your beans, your cucumbers, your, um, all of those things. I wouldn't put out my tomatoes or my peppers yet. Those are very, very warm. And eggplants, I think, as well are really yes, like same that. family. Yep, uh, yep. This morning, you'll be happy to note, I just got in the mail. I ordered some. It's called broccoli sprouts. And oh, I yes. ordered plants in the mail. And they came yesterday. And so I put them in this morning. Great. So broccoli sprouts, it's a little different than the regular broccoli. They keep sprouting instead of forming one head, so then you can just keep picking off it. Okay. Remember last year I planted Brocco Rob thinking yes. that that was what I was planting, and apparently it wasn't because it's very, very bitter. So this year I'm hoping this Brocco or this um, these broccoli sprouts, or maybe they call them broccolini, I think, too. Sure. I'm hoping that this will be better. <laughs> well, I had that uh, broccoli... Uh, a stocky thing that was mostly leaves and very, very, very small head that looked like a broccoli at all resembled it. And I thought it was very strong and I didn't like it. I was tried... this, this isn't what uh, you think I'm talking about, is it? No. I hope not. It says it's supposed to be sweet and it's it's purple too. So. Yeah, this wasn't that. And I think 
I mean, it grew really prolifically. Yeah, so uh, did the Brocco Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I would ever do that again. I mean, maybe I cooked it wrong or too long or I don't know and tried it. It just was, even when it was young, it was too strong for salads. I think there's some things you have to get a taste for because, I mean, mm-hmm. some people like arugula and I don't like, or mustards, and I'm, I am I just don't have the palate for that. I don't like kale either. Yeah, I don't either. I know it's supposed to be so good for you. And, and you know, a lot of people don't know, you're supposed to take that spine out of the leaf. Are that you? That center spine. You don't eat that. You, well, see, I didn't know that You cut either. along that and you take that out. It's just like... And you still don't like it even though you did that? No, because I, I to me... Um, I took it when it, I I think you have to you have to take it when it's just a few inches tall. Very small, yeah. Yeah, it like a, a a micro green is. You know, you take them when they're four inches. I'm eating lettuces now. I've got a bunch of lettuce. That's great. That's going. Got some radishes and things like that. And Barb, <clears throat> if you need dill, I have so many dill that have sprouted <laughs> all over. Oh my goodness! We have that too, and oh, I yeah. and I love it. But you know, we have the best rhubarb. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine. Her auntie lives in uh, Waterville, and she said, "You still have so much water, so much uh, rhubarb." And I said, "Oh yeah." She said, "Well, auntie wanted it, so I picked a bag full, and and she took it to her. I mean, they're beautiful, and and now this is David's thing. He makes his rhubarb tort. It's so good. He made one yesterday. It was just." Oh my goodness! It's hard to resist and and only have it for dessert. I think I could have it for the main course. Maybe you should have it for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we don't have our potatoes in yet, but we have them bought. And now, if we can get into the garden when I get home today, we'll put in the the potatoes. And uh, I do have my peas in, Karen. Oh, my peas! I put it in March. And I so... went and visited, and I saw them. They're beautiful. Oh, did you see? Yeah, because I did the snow um, the snow sowing. Yes, where you put them in the ground when it's still too cold out, and it's snows sure. on them but mine I don't know if you know they're about they're about oh they're nice they're Look. very yeah so then I'm going to plant some more now so then I'll have some earlier ones and then I'll have some later yes. ones but yeah it's a good time to plant I yeah. have uh I have some peas at home too the ones I planted up at good council I always soak my peas before mm-hmm. I plant them me too well I had some extra and I thought you know you know how you hate to throw something away but they've been in water so I thought okay I'll bring them home and tomorrow I'll plant them and the next day I, I I didn't plant them I had drained off most of all the water I had them in a plastic bottle and four days later I got them I looked at them they had sprouted there and so I planted them then okay and they're... so they're that much ahead of the ones up at good council because they were are they in dirt now yes yes they and are And they're doing okay yes yes they are so I think next year I I never knew how long to soak them so that this outer crust would... Well, would they say, you know, at least um, several hours or something. Yeah, but four days. But four days, yeah, so maybe you're onto something. I don't yeah, know. See, I, you should I see will, how they do. Yeah. yeah, I will. So I have eight plants. So oh. we'll see how those eight do. Those the only those eight. Okay, yeah, very right. very good. Yeah. So so I, it's it's a great time to start getting things. I know a lot of people have been taking their uh, pots of annuals in and out and in and out and in and out because they they just put them out way too early. I'm just now going to be starting to plant some flowers in pots in containers. Sure. And <clears throat> just to, because it's getting warmer now, I'm not quite sure if I want to put my supertunias in the ground yet. What do you think? Should I wait a little maybe? I think it's it's up to you. It depends on, you know, 
all of a sudden you have so much to water and so much to do. Oh, so if I you do. can give them the care that they need, they like to use a lot. They take quite a bit of water right away, especially when you're establishing something. Yesterday, I potted up uh, pansies, and I like to take perennials from the garden and put in with my pot and then next fall that's a perfect plant to go back in a place that's kind of bare and so you just take it out of the pot and put it in the ground yes i do yes i do and it's all set to go then i bought these beautiful white pansies and they're white and cream and i had this this adorable they're called bulblet ferns they're short and they're roughly are they perennials or annuals they're a perennial oh and so i had this really nice one it was in the wrong spot and that became the center or as we say the focal point of this container sure. with, with these uh, little pansies now pansies you know they're cool weather crops so they'll do well for and in the summer they kind of blah they, they do they do but uh, so they'll be good for now and then i'll put something else in with them that would do better that would tolerate the weather but gee that's a nice look these delicate pansies and this delicate bulblet fern i love it i love it now barb once we're once you're off the air here tell me what you're going to be doing you know, I'm I'm going to go home and put on my old blue jeans, get my gloves, and I'm going to be gardening as usual. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I'll be doing probably this weekend as well. So thank you so much. It's always yep. great to have you on. Happy gardening. Thank you, Karen, and happy gardening to all of our listeners. Bye-bye. All right, it is 10 o'clock. You are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at kmsu.org.